Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Forever. Dog. Rose and Jamie are two best friends. And they love sex and the city. And they couldn't help but wonder, do you love it too? Carrie, Miranda, Samantha, Charlotte, Cosmos, Richies, so every single dude, all the dudes. And we couldn't help but wonder. With Jamie Lee and Rose Cerno. I'm Jamie Lee. And I'm Rose Cerno. And this is Couldn't, couldn't help, help But Wonder. wonder. A podcast where we talk about sex in the city and how it relates to, to us. us. Hi, hi, hi. Hello, my dear. Hello, dear friend. Oh, Sheffield is barking. All right. Sheffy. He's really going for it in the hallway behind me. I don't know if you guys can hear it. But anyways, um, how's it going? Who who are you this week? Um, I'm a reverse carry. Okay. Because I had an amazing therapy session this week. She hates therapy. She famously doesn't think it's real. Yes, she doesn't go. Can't do she it. thinks it's stupid. I had an amazing therapy session. I do Skype sessions with my therapist. And um, I had a lot to talk about because I was having anxiety and I was having trouble sleeping. And um, I was kind of comparing myself to some friends who live alone and are single with no, you know, with nobody that they live with who seemed to be doing fine during the pandemic. Mm. And I was like, well, some of my friends can just do it. And my therapist was like, Rose, it's a crazy time to be all by yourself in an apartment. Don't he's like you, it's really better to be with other people right now. Like, and he really encouraged me and just made me feel like I wasn't crazy. And then also I had some issues about going back and staying with my sister because I just had some weird feelings come up and this is the craziest thing about like being a human is, you know, I told her that I told him that I felt irritated when I was there. And like, listen, even if you love someone, if you're used to living alone and all of a sudden you're living with your family, that's hard, I period. Mean, I mean, it's just hard. Absolutely. Even, even if it's people that you like spending time with. And no, my, it's, it's just difficult. The older you get, the harder it becomes. We I think so. More and more, and you get more set like in your ways. who we are. Yes, right. absolutely. So he was giving me these deactivation strategies. He's like, when you're irritated, these are four things you can do. One of them was like self-soothing, like taking a walk, listening to music. Another one was stating your needs. Like, hey, last night you guys took over the TV room and watched this. Tonight, can I choose what we, because that was really bothering me. And another one was setting a boundary, like I'm not doing this or I am doing this. And then the fourth one was like acceptance and and just like letting, like just accepting that things are a certain way. And it was really crazy because I was like, oh my God, when I stayed with them for a week, I was getting really irritated and I was like very prickly and never did I ever think to like state my needs or say how I feel. It like made me laugh to be like, oh, when I got irritated, I literally got in the car and left. Like, right. It's so amazing how it doesn't like, 
sharing your feelings and your needs and stating your wants is so intimidating that it didn't even cross my mind. Why is that? It's just so hard. You know why? Why is it so hard? Because it's so, it's so hard. Because people who do it seamlessly, I'm so jealous. I think thinking of you and me, Jamie, I think we grew up in families where our needs, there wasn't a lot of room for our needs. And we grew up with volatile parents who were not very, that, that didn't receive us. I'll speak for myself, but I, I know you understand. You know, if you yes, grow up with volatile parents, I have parents a feeling it's similar. Who don't really support you stating your needs, and who and who, you know, when I used to tell my dad stuff like "I wish you'd call me more," "I miss you," that's stating a need. His response was, "You're crazy. You're psycho. I call you all the time." It was just like a shutdown. Oh, that's and so, hard. if you grow up having like a simple conversation just be like shut down, then it's very yes. intimidating. Like your frame of reference is intimidating. And yes. A, and, and another thing that my therapist brought up that I thought was really cool was this idea of like, there's also certain things you have to adjust to. Like I'm used to being single and the, there are pros and cons to both. The pros of being single is you do exactly what you want, when you want, you adjust for no one. You're, you do everything you want all the time. Um, the other side is it's lonely and you miss companionship. The thing about being with someone is you get companionship, you get physical affection, you get love, but you also get a bunch of shit that's annoying and that's irritating and that gets under your skin that you have to accept. So like the price of admission of a relationship is like learning to let some shit roll off your back. And my therapist was saying like, Rose, like, you know, you want to be in a relationship, you want to eventually like live with someone, have a family. Like there's no person you're going to be with that isn't going to have lots of things that are going to irritate you. He's like, as someone who's been married 20 years, He's like, the key isn't to find somebody that doesn't irritate you. Everyone's going to irritate you to some degree. It's just part of co coexisting. He's like, so there's a real skill in like learning to like let go and adjust. So then after that conversation, I called my sister. I was a lot calmer and I was trying to be, I was really loving and I was, you know, really not attacking. And I was like, listen, Molly, my back went out. My back hurts. I'm anxious. This quarantine is getting to me. I'm lonely. Like, you know, I'm really on edge. And, um, you know, we just had this conversation and I was like, I know you guys have stayed in the house for a long time and it basically feels like your house, but if I'm there too, it would be nice to make it feel like I have some decisions and some say, you know, and she said, I, you know, she said her feelings that she felt like I wasn't like respecting her as like a full-time mom as like as important as what I'm doing. And it was just like a completely Mm. loving, open, non-attacking conversation. And I felt so good afterwards. It was kind of mind blowing. I'm so so happy to hear that. It's just nice to be able to have a safe conversation where you can say how you feel and it's not taken as an offense or it doesn't turn into a fight. I think my family, when you say how you feel, it's often turns into a fight. Same. And so it was just yeah. really nice to be like, oh my God, I'm allowed to do this and, and feel good about it. So that was, that was a nice thing. Oh, that's so good. Ooh. That's, that's really huge. I know you were having a lot of anxiety about that. So I'm really happy. I, I had a feeling you guys were going to have that talk. I wasn't sure when it was going to happen. So I'm just glad that it happened sooner rather than later. So you can kind of breathe a little bit. Thanks girl. I really appreciate it. Yeah. I was, it's, you know, fighting with people that you love and who you're close to is a horrible feeling. Oh, it's truly the worst feeling in the world. Gal, who are you this well, week? Well, good. Um, I 
I was a, hmm. I guess I was a bit of a Charlotte just in that, um, I kind of feel like Charlotte when she, when she's with Harry in the later seasons Aww. and she, um, and she like, well, specifically when she's like cooking for him, she's like making him this big, like Shabbos dinner, mm. um, and Shabbat dinner. Shabbos dinner? Yeah, Shabbos. Shabbos. such a bad Jew. No, no, okay, Shabbos is you. just the Hebrew. I'm the worst Jew. You're a great yeah. Jew. So she, oh, thanks. Um, so she, yeah, she makes this like big dinner for him. I feel like every night I am making those types of dinners. I have gone, I mean, I've just gone full blown chef at this point. Um, and I say that, you know, I know everyone, there's a lot of like making fun of the fact that like everyone thinks they're a chef now, but I legitimately like my food as much as not all of, not all the things I've made, but a lot of the things I've made, I'm like, this is better than many meals I've had at restaurants. That's awesome. And I think that I've gotten really experimental. I've, I've started like just looking up, I like almost eat something different. Like the, 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 base ingredients are the same, but I prepare them differently every night. Like if I do chicken, I'm not going to have like grilled chicken two nights in a row. One night it'll be like a Dijon chicken. The next night it's like yeah, your Instagram chicken thigh. Like, oh, I mean, I, I mean, I, it's all just recipes that I followed. It's not like I'm winging it really, but, um, it's gotten so exciting. Like I get so excited for dinner specifically. Cause I don't, I don't really eat lunch. I definitely do a breakfast and like a snack, but I, pretty much like do it up at dinner time. And yeah, it's just really exciting. I even get excited for leftovers. Cause I'm like, Oh, well last night was so good. I get to do that again, reheated. Like I'm in. So yeah, that's it. I mean, I really have very little to contribute to this conversation. Cause I feel like my brain is just like quarantine mush. I'm like, all I do is just like survive and that's eat. it. Um, that's it. It's really it. Well, somebody, yeah. well, I'm with you. I mean, your Instagram, the food looks delicious. That you're Thanks for saying that. I'm always like, does this look gross to me? Oh, people? I feel like sometimes gross. No, it looks very cook. good. Oh, it does. Okay, good. Because sometimes if you do close-ups of food, it could really go either way. It's almost like the close-up of like, I don't know, like genitals. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I know. I was knew exactly. What you're, you know, the thing is, I know. I, I need to make some new recipes or just like buckle and get takeout because I like how I cook. I cook very like California Mediterranean. Everything has like olives and lemon and oil. But I'm sick of it, That's and I'm, delicious. like, desperate for other kinds of food. I need to learn how to make other get, kinds of food. You Also, you have to start just getting into, like, food blog culture. Yeah, I'm I finding do. it very inspiring. Um, I'm on this, like, group chain with a bunch of girls, and one of the girls was like, um, she was like, oh, yeah, have you guys been, like, going on Bon Appetit every night to, Ooh. like, figure out what you're having for dinner? And yeah. I was like, no, but now I am. So, yeah, you can just type in recipe or you can type in a type of food that you are craving into Bon Appetit and there will likely be a recipe for something like it or, you know, something that might be comparable that you'll be excited about. And then also Pinterest is amazing, although I did talk about in an earlier episode how some of those recipes are very trashy and it's a lot of tater tots. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. No, I think that quarantine is bad for everything, but food is at at home cooking is really having a moment. This is like having the time to do it. Like I really didn't do it because I didn't feel like cooking after a day of whatever I did. And now I'm like, I have the energy for it and I'm excited to do it. I hope that sustains after quarantine. I really hope that I still cook this much. 
I think that making food for yourself and others and people you love is a really good feeling. It's a really accomplished feeling. It it's really self-care. self-care. Totally. 100%. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. We have a terrific episode of Office Hours Live prepared for you. We had the great stand-up comedian Kyle Kinane come in and a very special in-studio music session from legendary Emdu Mokhtar. You're not going to want to miss this one. You can find it on your podcast app of choice by going to Sears or Macy's and getting an iPod and then coming home, charging it up, and listening through your app. Okay, gal, shall we dive in? All right. Let's do it. Guys, if you didn't know, this is a Sex in the City podcast. And uh, today we're doing season four, episode four. What's sex got to do with it, Rose? Such a good question. So things start with Carrie on her second date with Ray, the jazz guy she met in the last episode. He's showing off his record collection and she has to break some tough news. She doesn't love jazz. She's fine on jazz. He makes her reconsider by playing her like an upright bass, and they have sex. Very, very good sex. Last night with Ray, I had (laughs) the most intense orgasm of my entire life. (laughs) I did my laundry. Continue. It doesn't make any sense. I barely know him. We've only been on two dates. And yet you had sex with him. Can everyone please let Carrie talk about the sex? The mind-blowing sex. Now, I realize that this next statement makes me a bit of a freak, but um, I usually have to be in love with someone to have that kind of orgasm. You might want to say something about that. What the hell is going on? Maybe Ray is the one. Your clitoris seems to think so. Uh, It was probably just a fluke. I'm going back tomorrow to find out. I, on the other hand, am on strike. What does that mean? It means I'm not having any more sex. That's not a strike, honey. That's a slump. No, it might have started as a slump, but I'm in control of it now. I've made the conscious decision not to have sex until conditions improve. And how many people will be affected by this strike? Um, so far, just the one, but uh, I'm optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Thing is, I can't go on any more bad dates. I would rather be home alone than out with some guy who sells socks on the internet. Wow. I'm dating someone. Someone I actually like. That's good. Wow. Maria. Maria, Maria, my, my Maria from the gallery? Oh, she's my Maria now. We're having a relationship. Yes, ladies, I'm a lesbian. Great clip, great clip, great clip. Yes, ladies, I'm a lesbian. I have to say, this reminds me, um, the scene where Carrie is um, listening to records and she's bored until they have sex. Um, It reminds me of when I was in college, um, and this was when I was completely obsessed with music. I was a freshman, I was 18. Uh, in the dorms, they had concerts. They would like bring bands to come and play for us. And this one night they brought this band and 
this is when I had like the most appreciation for music. And these guys were unbelievable. I don't remember their name, but they were all like insanely accomplished classical jazz, everything. And they just played this like really jammy, crazy music. Um, and the lead singer was like seven, one red hair, gorgeous voice, sax player, whatever. And I was like, Wayne and Wayne's world. I was like, he will be mine. And I like somehow ended up going on a date with him. And I was like, Oh my God, this guy is so amazing and so talented. And I thought he was really hot. And then we'd like have these really great makeouts, but then afterwards we'd like sit on the floor and he would talk about music in such a boring oh way. It's horrible. It's one of the, it's one of the main forms of mansplaining. Yeah. I mean, it was just mind numbingly boring. He'd be like, yeah, well, you know, the, you know, put music on, you know, the diminished C7 chord right there is uh, something that you Ugh. don't, I was so bored. And that was a real turning point to me when I realized that just because someone's talented doesn't make them interesting. Which was a huge Ooh, yeah. wake up call. Yeah, because there's a lot of people who like you see on stage or blah blah blah, and then you don't actually really enjoy like this guy looks sexy, you know, Ray looks sexy on stage, they have good sex, but like they really have nothing to talk about. I definitely have been there. No, he's like kind of insufferable. Yeah, he's just boring. Yeah, Ray is boring. Um Yeah. But I yeah, and I think that Carrie's like really trying to make it more than it is. <laughs> Well, because when you have good she's sex, really it trying. gets you and you're kind of like, yeah, well, especially for someone like her, she's admitting that she only has great sex with people that she cares about. So she's kind of trying to like make this. That's true. She does say that. So she's kind of trying to make sense of it. Have you ever had a little fling with a musician or somebody like this guy? Uh, I've had, I'm trying to think if I've had, I definitely dated like musician types in high school. But beyond that, I really have not dated any musicians. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I definitely had like a hookup with a guy that the sex was absolutely incredible. And um, it was similar in that I felt very judgmental of him when we were not having sex. I was just kind of like, yes, I've been in that you're too. so not my type. And I really, really wish you were. But like, and I was trying to like, yeah, I had a similar thing, I guess. Now I, I, I am finding this whole thing more relatable because I was going back trying to kind of crack it. I was like, wait a minute. Like, there's this huge piece of it that's so on point, but then I'm, like, annoyed at, like, the shoes he wears. Yeah, I am. Like, his yeah. shoes. I was like, your shoes are dis Like, I was, like, disgusted. Like, I'm some, like, critical fashionista who works for W Magazine. It's like... No, I mean, like, and I just couldn't handle it. I was, like, so skeeved out by the way he dressed. I understand that. Which is so juvenile. No, but it means something. I mean. But why? But it, it's more like it's representative of there's a larger problem. Because if really, if you really, really connected and someone wasn't wearing what you would You'd hope, be fine. You'd yeah. be like, it fucking does not matter. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's completely true. I, yeah. um. I definitely relate to that. It's it's just an interesting phenomenon, the idea that you can have incredible, fun, connected sex with somebody that you don't like as a person. It's such a weird thing that, like, the universe includes. It's like Jekyll Hyde. <laughs> it's almost like, who? yeah, who were you back there? Like, yeah, I don't know. I do have to say, we're talking a lot about musicians, but that's what this episode is about. But I also yes. have to say that the stereotype is true. I just have dated a lot of musicians. They are 
generally incredible in bed. Um, and I think it's because like they're so sexy and they're so confident. Is it like part of the performance? Like they know really what's confident. expected of them. I think that they're just like, they get so many girls because they tend to be hot. They tend to dress well, look cool, be cool. And so they have a lot of right. sexual experience, like probably the hottest make out in terms of like the moves I ever had was with this like pretty famous indie musician who I'll tell you who it is offline. Oh, I'm dying to know. <laughs> but anyway, so to continue. After Samantha announces that she's seeing Maria, Maria shows up. Carrie, Charlotte, and Miranda all keep it together while she's there. On the walk home later, however, they really drag Sam. A lesbian? All of a sudden? Okay, Sam, sure, whatever you say. At her place, Charlotte and Trey conquer the sex spot where their troubles began. The bed. Trey's nervous, but they dive in and manage to have a pretty good time. Miranda, meanwhile, starts a new relationship with eclairs. Sex for now is off. Eating rich desserts, however, is on. When Charlotte and Trey finish up, she figures this is it, the moment he'll ask her to move back in and restart their marriage. Unfortunately, it's not. Trey actually just wants to have sex again and even refers to his penis as his John Thomas. Baby steps, Charlotte. And Carrie has another hang with Ray. He shows up while she's in the middle of a call with Samantha over the whole Maria thing. Sam's annoyed they didn't take her new relationship seriously, even though she and Maria haven't even slept together yet. Ray, however, was in the mood for going down on Carrie and couldn't wait. When Carrie tries to simply get to know him later and get to know his personality, he shrugs it off. He's a less talking, more sex kind of guy. When Maria and Samantha finally do have sex, Sam starts off all wrong. She's bringing her experiences with men into the bedroom, and that doesn't really work for Maria. They slow down and have a good time together, and Miranda's new relationship with chocolate cake spirals. She makes her own and eats almost all of it. Everyone meets up to discuss. He still hasn't asked me to move back in. We make love all over the apartment, and then in the morning, I get up and get in a cab and go home just like a Park Avenue hooker. Can't you bring it up? No. We finally got the penis working. I don't want to scare it. <laughs> Why can't I have the relationship and the sex? Why is it one or the other? You got me. I want to order. Where's the lesbian du jour? Oh, listen, you guys, when she gets here, we have to talk about her relationship. She was kind of mad we didn't take it seriously last time. Oh, please. She isn't having a relationship. She's just doing this to bug us. I don't know. They haven't even had sex yet. She said she wants it to be special. Really? Yeah. Well, then we should be supportive. This is the healthiest thing Samantha's done in a long time. Does anybody want to split the chocolate pudding? Morning, ladies. Morning. Hi. Hi. Tell us about your relationship. How is everything going with Maria? Well, did you know that when a vagina gets engorged, it expands to the size of a fist? It's like a fabulous cave. I guess they've had sex. Apparently so. And we have three holes down there. Okay, stop talking about your relationship. But it's fascinating. There are places a dick just can't go. Oh, some dicks manage just fine. Please, Maria has 10 dicks. For the record, you started this. I am sorry, but a finger 
is not a dick. Yes, a finger is more like a third of a dick. So technically, Maria only has three and a third dicks. That is such a hilarious scene. Oh, it's so fun. The math, three and a third, I'm dying. Also, Maria has 10 dicks is so funny. It's And she holds up her hands and like wiggles her fingers. It's so good. Yeah, Samantha's great. I mean, the thing that I love about her is like, you know, I think she's genuinely having fun in this relationship. And I think she's so yeah. sex positive. I think she's just exploring. And it's interesting. I can't tell if it's homophobia or if the girls just don't buy it with Sam. What do you think? Um, I mean, it's definitely... It's definitely towing the line between the two uh, in the way it's written. But I actually do think they're more, uh, they're just more surprised. I think it's it's two things. They're surprised that she's dating a woman because she's so like, nothing's better than a man. So I think they're just a little like, oh, this is like kind of not someone I would think would um, potentially like experience lesbianism. But uh I think it's that plus the fact that it's a relationship. So it's kind of a double, it's kind of a double thing happening. I think it, they're processing both scenarios simultaneously. So maybe that's why it seems a little, I don't know, fraught with judgment. I think it is both because I think they are kind of homophobic, honestly. Oh, I mean, you know, sure. Yeah. Yes. Did you relate to any of this? Have you ever had a relationship where people were skeptical of it or a friend who got into something and you were skeptical no, of it? No. Have you? I Yeah. I don't know why. I've just never really. Mm. Um, I, oh, I guess. No. I mean, no. I, a little, Maybe a little bit in high school. I had a friend who um, my friend. Uh, was dating a girl and then he ended up coming out of the closet and breaking up with her. And uh, it was kind of, I guess that was sort of similar because it involved a relationship and also like an identity thing um, sort of happening at the same time because they were together a really long time. So I don't know if that's fully applicable, but yeah, no, I haven't had this. I've never been like super judgmental of some, I've, I've definitely hated people's boyfriends. But nothing, nothing like true shock that someone was dating another person. Have you? Maybe not shock, but I've definitely been skeptical about, I've definitely been skeptical about things like one of my friends has been trying to get over her ex mm -hmm. and she is like having this flirtation with a guy who's incredibly hot. He's a model and an mm -hmm. actor and he has uh -huh. a live-in girlfriend oh, and they no. like hang out and he like puts his hands on her ankles and stuff. And I'm kind of like, oh. and she's not doing anything and she's not cheating, but it's like giving her a little ego boost. And that's the kind of thing that I'm skeptical about. Cause I think she thinks it's going to help her. No ankle touching is the new cheating in the quarantine. I think it's, well, this is pre quarantine. I don't think they've seen each other since. Oh. But when she first started telling me about it, I really wanted to be supportive because I'm just so want her to get over her ex for her own health. Yeah. But then, he, right. So you're like, she's moving on to someone who's in a relationship. Right. So that was something yeah. that I was like, that's uh, so hard. Yeah. And that's so tricky. And then I had a lot of friends who obviously it didn't last more than fucking a few weeks. But when I was dating that guy who was like so smart, but like Asperger's, oh, yes. when I described yes, yes. him to my friends, I remember Melissa was like, no, you can't be with somebody who like is like totally locked away emotionally and and I was yes. still excited about him and delusional I was like girl yes I can 
<laughs> so I, I, I was also in, in on team, like, let's see what this guy's about, but I you. think it's cause he, I just knew so little about him and the things that I knew were so mysterious. Oh God. I know. So right, anyway, well. um, Carrie heads to Ray's again. She's determined to find out something about who this mysterious jazz man actually is, but she can't. When she gets there, he's having a manic episode, making margaritas and talking creamed corn. Enough's enough. Carrie's going to have to end it. After they sleep together, of course. After Charlotte and Trey finish up another round of successful bed sex, he asks her the question, will she measure his penis? That does it. She's not going to have whatever their marriage is at this point ruled by John Thomas, and she angrily storms out. Over at her place, Miranda has another round of hate-eating cake. She finally goes too far when she tosses the whole thing in the trash, only to pull out one last bite. This is like one of the best scenes of the whole show. It's unreal. That's it. The sex strike's gone on long enough. She gives in and masturbates in bed. I have to say, this is a very relatable scene to me. Because when I go long stretches without sex, I get really obsessed with eating sugar. Oh, I, yes. I, I definitely, definitely understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, food and, food and sex are Yeah, dopamine hits, man. Yeah. Um, Samantha and Maria are having an all-around great time. Sam has gotten very good at going down on her to the point that she gets a little surprise. Maria <laughs> squirts right on Sam's face. Carrie and Ray wake up together, but the guy still can't focus. When he heads to grab a glass of water, he makes a quick detour for some naked banjo playing, and that does it for them. Carrie cannot continue to hang. I think I have another reason why this relationship can't work with this guy. Right. Because mm-hmm. he wants a groupie like he wants an audience. He wants her to just sit there mm. while he like strums instruments, t- mansplains records. That's what it is. And she's not a groupie. She's a full person. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a performer in the relationship. Yeah, he just needs he just. Yeah. Anyway, back at her place, Charlotte has a visitor. Morning, ma'am. Morning. You uh, left something at my, at the apartment. Oh. Charlotte, I want you to move back in and get rid of this old apartment. And stay all night, every night, and wake up next to me every morning and be my wife. You do? Talk it over with my penis, and we both agree. I don't want to lose you again. Charlotte, York, McDougal, will you remarry me? Yes, Trey McDougal. I will remarry you. What do you think, Jamalise? Oh, brother. I mean, yeah, I. I I think it's kind of what we were talking about in the previous episode, which is that, you know, I think Trey is someone who ultimately just like kind of wants to follow the script and the script is like, how long can they continue this sort of like salacious, like coat room craziness? Now they're doing it in the bed. 
and it seems to be working. He can still get it up. So yeah, of course, naturally he's going to be like, yeah, move back in. Um, it does kind of go against the theory that we were getting at, which is that like, he kind of can only handle things when they're a little spicy. Well, TBD, you know what I mean? TBD, TBD. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, happy for Charlotte. Glad she got what she wanted. I, this, this relationship is so exhausting. I just don't really see it feels so what they broken. love about they feel, each other. They feel, they feel broken. They feel broken. Also, like, where's the fun? Sex is great, but, like... No, they have no fun. Yeah, and it's, like, even early in a relationship... His jokes. Oh, my God, his jokes are so bad. He's so corny. Yeah, they don't do... I mean, something about a lot of these relationships on the show is they just take place in the bedroom, and in real life, it's really boring to just, like just sit in a, at the house all the time. I really like when I'm dating somebody, especially in the beginning to like do stuff and go to activities yep. and share culture. And like, I just feel like so many of these relationships with the guys are so boring. Yeah. They don't talk yeah, about I think anything. That's why, well, that's why I think I liked Harry. Um, when Harry comes in in later seasons, because like he does like go out into her life more. Yeah. Like Trey's not really around. He's not really around. He's they kind of just keep it behind closed doors. They're kind of like this. It's I mean that's also a reason why I don't think that they're success, a successful relationship because it's very isolating. It seems like it's kind of like always Charlotte and Trey. Like she never You're not integrated. Yeah, Trey's not like he's never gonna like meet them at brunch ever. Right. Ever. I just ever. feel like I don't really know what he likes. And like besides fucking, no. like what do they? It just feels like besides fucking, all they do is like pick out plates and he's like, it's a thousand dollars. And she's like, please. It's just like boring. I know. I know. It's so boring. They're such a snooze fest. And now they're like just a broken snooze fest. I, yeah. I I really. I just, I just don't like it. Whatever. It didn't feel like a happy. Like, I think they tried to make it a romantic comedy scene, like with the, you know, the Scottish music and or whatever that was, Celtic, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, it just, I, I think they wanted it to be kind of like good for them, but you don't, I just feel sad for them. They just stress me out. Yeah, it's not romantic. I'm not rooting for them. Like you can see that it's not going to work from a mile. So it's a very dilute. Absolutely. It's a delusional scene. It's just like when you get back together with an ex and it's like, you know, it's not going to work, but you're hopeful. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So okay, basically... So- the episode closes with Carrie making the long walk back to her place from Ray's, ready for whoever comes next. Which brings us to the question of the episode. The next day I thought about what Samantha said. She wasn't having sex because she wanted to have a relationship. And I was having mind-blowing sex hoping to turn it into a relationship. So there you have it. We've got a relationship without sex and sex without a relationship. Which had a better shot at survival? I couldn't help but wonder, what comes first, the chicken or the sex? Excellent question, Carrie. Yes, the chicken or the sex. Uh, What do you think? I mean, I tend... Okay, for Rose Cerno, mm, the chicken comes first. But I know people who slept with their partners on the first date and have been together happily for years. So Mm -hmm. I think it really depends. I think, depending on your personality, I generally think... Waiting is good because, as we've said in many episodes and this episode, good sex can really cloud your judgment and bond you to somebody that you actually shouldn't be with. And if you're not having sex, 
then you really are just getting to know the person. And then the sex, when it comes, will be like this awesome extra thing that bonds you. So that's my like OG traditional point of view. Yeah, I mean, that is ideally where I try to land as well. I feel like I have had, I mean, at this point, I feel like I've kind of had it all. I've had the relationship where the guy sucked and then we slept together and then we just like kept dating. And it probably had to do with the fact that we slept together, but it also probably was because I was like kind of in a low point, low self-esteem place where I was like, I just want to have a boyfriend, even if he's truly the worst. Um, I think now if I were to date... I think it would just depend on the person. I think that if they were, if, if there was enough trust built up before we came up with a label necessarily, I think I'd be open to having sex before. Um, but I don't know that I would not honestly, I don't know. I mean, who knows? Maybe there would be a first date situation that I would sleep with. Probably not. Pro- like, I also think not. it depends on how easy it is for you to orgasm. Like I have girlfriends who can, sleep with a stranger and have a great night that's not how Mm -hmm. it is for me so it doesn't even pay like that makes a big difference yeah like if you come super easily and like you really are dialed in then there's a lot more incentive but I'm much more I'm anxious until I get to know somebody and my walls are up so it Mm. also takes me a while to physically relax yeah yeah that makes sense um okay well our final segment is I'm horny for Sex and the City is obviously a very horny show. So we end each episode by talking about what we are currently horny for. Rose, what are you horny for right now? I'm horny for a very horny Instagram feed that I'm pretty into. Um, He's a comedy writer and filmmaker. His name is Jordan Firstman. Um, oh, I love his Instagram. Oh my God. It's at Those Jordan. Those impressions are so funny. Yeah. It's at Jordan Firstman, F-I-R-S-T-M-A-N. He does these hilarious impressions. He did an impression of Mother Earth that was super funny and oh an impression God, of dying. an asshole. And then if you're a gay listener, he has a lot of awesome. The straight, the impression of straight, the straight guy. Amazing. And it's just him going, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. It's, I mean, I was crying laughing. Yeah. And if you are a gay male or a woman. He has some very sexy thirst traps. He's very hot, very fun. I have found his Instagram a real source of joy. Um, Jamala, what is your horny for? What is my horny for? Uh, my horny for right now is uh, canceling subscriptions mm. to things that I should have canceled subscriptions for a long Ooh, time that ago. that is horny. I belong to this like app, this like exercise app that I never used. I didn't even realize that I had signed up for like a full thing with them. And then um, I actually had some credit card fraud, not horny for that, but it did make me confront all of the, uh, the things that I was like, just like annual, annual, monthly, I mean, weekly, there's so much shit that I needed to get rid of. And I'm just really grateful that I did it. It feels like a nice sort of cleansing of the soul. Well, it's always nice to save money. I'm horny for saving money. Yeah. And also just like, I'm so creeped out that I was like paying for things that I didn't realize I was paying for. But well, like I've said before, the quarantine is, I think it all, it's making all of us sort of review our finances in a more strict capacity. And yeah, it's, it's just nice to be like, oh, okay. I did that. I took care of that. So yeah. Get it, girl. All right, friendship. Love you, girl. Another great app. Yeah, in the Love can. Love you. Okay, Guys, in the can, stay baby. Stay safe, stay sane, 
see yep. see people when it's safe and possible, be in touch. If you're going through a weird time, don't just compare yourself to other people on Instagram that seem fine or even friends. Oh God, no. Because you know what? Everyone's responding to this differently and the way you respond to it is legit and valid. So that's that. Absolutely. Here, here. Okay. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to Couldn't Help a Wonder. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at chbwpod. And follow my co-host, Rose Cerno, on Insta and Twitter at Rose Cerno. And please follow my co-host, Jamie, at ReallyJamieLee on Instagram and at TheJamieLee on Twitter. And please rate, review, subscribe to our show on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app if you're nasty. It helps us. It helps you. It helps everyone. You nasty. Bye. Bye. Forever. This has been a Forever Dog production. Executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. And mastered by Anna Rubinova. For more original podcasts, please visit foreverdogpodcast.com and subscribe to our shows on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Keep up with the latest Forever Dog news by following us on Twitter and Instagram at Forever Dog Team and liking our page on Facebook. Pew, pew, pew.